Welcome to the Paleo View. I'm Stacey Toth, best-selling author and co-creator of PaleoParents.com, where we focus on real-life solutions for families seeking help. I'm Dr. Sarah Ballantyne, New York Times best-selling author and creator of the Paleomom.com. I'm passionate about improving scientific literacy around public health topics. I like hashtags and bone broth. And I'm just a super nerd. So, Stacy, you know how you like talking about bodily functions, right? Okay, so we're being sarcastic. Got it. <laughs> well, we've talked about bodily functions on like a number of recent podcasts. And I think I, I think it's time to just like lay low. We know our bodies do things. What are you trying to push on me? I am trying to say our inbox has been flooded <sighs> with questions that are basically just taking our normal talk about BMs to like an entirely new level. See, here's the thing. When the ladies because they have been all ladies, not because boys don't have bodily functions. When the ladies submit these questions, like it's super easy for them because they're like this anonymous person on the other end who just gets to like, <laughs> you know, dump to their diary and they're like, help me diary. And their diary writes back. Okay. On the other hand, me, I have to envision <laughs> the things that people are talking about and I have to push through my own like personal like embarrassment. Yeah. And yeah. this one is going to get me folks. It's going to, it's, it's a thing. And first of all, I really like the lady who submitted the question because I can tell that she's from Massachusetts and she's got a lot of personality and she like uses capitals and exclamation points and writing yeah. the same way I do. Um, but I'm not a huge fan of her question. <laughs> I mean, I I think what she's trying to say is we opened the door. She's just walking through it. We? I'm pretty sure that was you opening the door, dragging me behind you. <laughs> well, so, I mean, I think this is the thing is so much of our health can, at least what's going on with our, you know, excretions, bodily functions, bowel movements is an indicator of our health. And um, I think that as people start really taking charge and paying more attention to their body's signals, it's one of the easiest ones to read. But at the same time, there's not enough resources out there in terms of, is this normal? Is this not normal? And, you know, is this normal for like, you know, most people are sick or is this, you know, normal for a healthy person? That's what I want to be. And so I think that in the absence of really amazing resources that sort of tackle these issues head on, um, which, you know, I do have plans to my, the book after Paleo Principles will be a gut health book and it will tackle all of these things. Um, but that's, you know, probably for our listeners a good year and a half down the road. So, um, so I mean, I'll get there eventually, but in the meantime, 
we're the trusted, the trusted, you know, clear bowel movement veterans to ask these questions. Oh to. I think okay. is what it is, really. Yeah, I mean, tr- truth be told, everybody poops and it's fine. And I'm glad I don't personally know this person because then I get all weird thinking about their body parts. And um, so side note, before we get into this, because we didn't really have an intro, I'm going to tell a story and it's going to be funny. But if you have super small children, well, I'll talk in euphemisms. They probably won't get it, but. Um, if you have slightly bigger children, though, get those ones out of the room. I mean, they'll think it's funny. It's not inappropriate, but so I work in an office and um, I think we all know that. And we evidently had a vulnerable printer on the network that we weren't aware of. And <laughs> somebody sent very personal photos of, of probably not themselves off of some random internet site um, to the printer and printed 2000 copies of them. <laughs> like when I went, when there was a team member of mine that discovered the printing job that was happening and she was horrified. She's like this totally naive, cute little, little woman. And um, I was like, Okay, well, we're going to get IT involved and IT is going to solve the problem. But for a week after, people kept coming into my office because they knew that like we had discovered it. And they would say, who do you think it was? Do you think it was so-and-so? And every time they said that, like I imagined the photo that had been printed 2,000 <laughs> times like being attached to that person's body. Like I just have a very vivid like the minute that someone says something, like I see it in my head, and I'm like, "No, don't say it was so and so. I don't want to think about it." Like, it was- I mean, that's a very useful skill for enjoying reading fiction. It is. It is a bit. Yeah. Yes, it is. It is. <laughs> it's not so great when we talk about bell movements because I. It's like I'm living the moment. I don't know how to describe it, but anyway, um, maybe that's some brevity. I'm not really. Uh, like an uncomfortable six-year-old. I just, I both not emphasize, <laughs> empathize um, with the individuals as well as like, la, 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 la. I, <laughs> I don't want to offend you and embarrass you by knowing your personal business. <laughs> so. Oh, that's amazing. I think we can maybe get into what we've been teasing everybody about. I don't know. <laughs> Well, this is a topic I am pretty certain we've never actually covered on the show. Um, and thanks to Cindy for for sending us this question. Uh, so why don't I just read it and then we'll then we'll go. Since you both took charge and spoke about poop, I figured I would ask this fun question. What do people who have autoimmune disease do with painful internal hemorrhoids? I've had them now for three months. I ate some Tootsie Rolls at Thanksgiving and have tried a variety of things to help them. AIP eating, Epsom salt baths, fun suppositories, ointments, creams, meditation, exercise, kombucha, and finally started taking over-the-counter pain meds, but it's still hanging around. It's been like that family member who comes for the holidays and never leaves. 
My sleep has been wonky during this time, and I wake up around 4.30 in the morning to have a BM with urgency and wicked pain. I saw a gastro PA this week, and they gave me Metamucil powder to use two times a day and suppositories two times a day, which I think makes it worse, but why listen to me? PA said, since they are internal, you may need to think about surgery. So what am I missing? Do I need to give myself more time to heal since I have always been super sensitive to anything related to my gut and butt? I am seeing a functional medicine doctor on February, in February and we'll bring this up with him as well. Thank you for your help and guidance. Like I said, I heart Cindy. Um, I had to mute it when you were reading because I audibly laughed out loud. To, did, did you get the giggles? Like many of her wonderful... Uh, choice of words and liveliness i think she's amazing and it really takes a true talent to to make this question uh not scary so um that said i'm gonna i'm gonna guess that metamucil is not something i would consume uh i haven't actually read the label but i believe it's like a fiber powder is that correct sarah it's actually psyllium husk Interesting. Yeah, no, that wouldn't help me at all. Um, so uh, soluble and insoluble fibers, two different things. Um, I would be focusing a lot when my children have what they tell me is like, I'm trying to push out the poop and it's not coming, which has only happened three times, twice with one child and one with another and none with the third child. Um, so we're pretty lucky that if we have bowel trouble, it's not staying in. It's everybody out. Um, but that said, when they have gotten a little backed up, obviously not to this degree, um, I've encouraged them to focus on eating a lot more fruits and vegetables and consuming more water. Um, so I will definitely defer to Sarah on the science, but I know for most people, especially if you're getting hemorrhoids um, more than just occasionally, I would definitely look into eating more soluble fiber because that will help move things along. And I know for me personally, my body does not just um, a lot of insoluble fiber very well. And also I would check and make sure that the fiber that you are digesting is um, like pre-digested for you if you're having real uh, gut issues. So it sounds like she's uh, saying that she's had a lot of historical problems with her gut and her butt. So in that case, you know, when we talk about pre-digested food or food that's been uh, kind of pre-cooked, not a lot of, you know, raw broccoli, but rather, you know, adding um, like, for example, there's a roasted vegetable and chicken soup recipe on against all grain that also adds a handful of spinach. And so all of those vegetables would be like cooked and pre-digested. Another thing I really like is pot roast. Um, and I have that a lot. Um, so recipes like that would really help, or they would be what I would have given my kids and they've been stopped up. And in a day or two, it pushes through. I know a lot of people say like prune juice and, and dried fruit um, and stuff like that. And um, I'll be interested to get Sarah's take on that. But um, I can't imagine that um, introducing something to your body that you don't usually eat that's a more processed food is going to help. I mean, it's like when you take your baby to the doctor and they say Pedialyte, you know, the conversation that I have with my doctor isn't, yeah, okay, shake and nod, which I know a lot of people do. But I say to the doctors like, okay, what is it in Pedialyte that is actually beneficial 
that you want my children to consume. And then they'll explain it to me and I'll say, okay, are you fine if I give them broth and uh, drink it in cups or, you know, whatever. Um, and almost always the doctors are like, yeah, that works. No problem. We just want to make sure that they're getting fluids. You know, like I'll say apple juice and, and broth or whatever. So whew, I went off on a tangent for someone who really doesn't have a lot of experience with this. <laughs> but I'm going to let you take it away. Um, so I think, you know, under, I think the beginning part is understanding what a hemorrhoid actually is. So it's a swollen and inflamed vein in the rectum and or anus. And so when they're internal, they're up the rectum. When they're external, they're either right at the border or around the anus. And um, they're a lot more challenging to deal with when they're internal. They're a little bit more challenging to reach with um, creams that can help reduce the swelling. Um, and they're, they're also, they're just more easily irritated generally. And so you know, the exact cause is sort of wishy-washy, but it's generally considered to be a combination of inflammation, not amazing vascular health, and then the straining from constipation. Um, and so it's it's sort of that like, you know, trifecta that then contributes to these formations. And they're typically considered to be, um, you know, they're not they're not life-threatening. Um, they're very rarely considered to be a serious problem. They have to be quite big typically before um, a surgeon will decide to to operate to remove them. Um, but that is, you know, an option when they are very, very big and, and not healing. They typically take several weeks to heal if you're doing all the things right. Um, and um, they can hang around for a whole lot longer than that um, if not all of the pieces of the puzzle are put together. So generally, um, the, the sort of stereotypical recommendations are um, to avoid constipation. So high fiber diet, lots and lots of water, and then, you know, stool softeners, things like psyllium husk in, in Metamucil form. Um, but another piece to this puzzle is just the inflammation and vascular health. And, you know, I think Cindy has tackled that with AIP. Um, but some sort of key nutrients that can be very, very helpful here are omega-3 fatty acids, um, antioxidant phytochemicals, so things you would get from lots of vegetables, and coenzyme Q10, which is what you would get from heart meat, sardines, or a supplement. Um and so vegetables hit two sides of this. So they, they had, you know, the great um, sort of nutrient-dense phytochemicals, lots of that great stuff. But also the fiber is really important for keeping things going. And generally, the rule of thumb is soluble fiber adds bulk to stool um, and slows down um, transit time. So it generally just slows everything down, whereas insoluble fiber um, speeds things up. Um, and sort of keeps things moving. So with constipation, actually, the the more typical recommendation is a stronger focus on insoluble fiber, so things like leafy greens, to help keep things moving. Um, but I think that I talk with a lot of people who actually are more regular by really have making sure that both fiber types are in their diet. And that's in large part because of 
the role that bacteria play in the whole kit and caboodle here. So um, large amount of vegetables, lots and lots of water. Um, and one of the things actually that can make a huge difference is using something like a squatty potty or a step and go, um, which raises your legs so that you're in a squatting position while not actually having to squat <laughs> like on an Asian toilet. That's just a like hole in the floor. Um, so you get to be in that squatting position without actually having to use your muscles, but it changes the orientation of the rectum. So you could sort of think of it as when you sit on a normal toilet, you kind of have to poop around a corner. If you use a squatty potty, it's a straight line and gravity helps and does all of the work. Um, so that is maybe a really important piece to add to vegetables, seafood, maybe a coenzyme Q10 supplement. Autoimmune protocol is still a great idea. Um, and lots and lots of water um, because when too much, when we're not drinking enough water, the water that's taken out of the large intestine, that's where water is absorbed. If, there's, if we're not drinking enough water, there's not a wa enough water left inside the large intestine for loose enough stools. So a lot, lots of liquid. Um, and then really good, um, like natural relief, witch hazel is phenomenal at reducing swelling. And there's lots of different creams that can be used internally and externally as well as wipes. Um, so avoiding anything that's, you know, irritating can also be very, very helpful. Um, so using the witch hazel wipes even to wipe afterwards can be very, very helpful. Um, and yeah, give it a little bit more time. Um, yeah, I wouldn't be rushing to surgery, especially if you can pinpoint, <laughs> I ate the gluteny Tootsie Rolls and that's, you know, there was the inflammation, there was the problem. Um, you know, it, it may go there and if it goes there, then you, you roll with the punches and you go, oh, well, that was annoying. And then I had to have surgery on my butt. And then you have a story to tell later and then you never eat the Tootsie Rolls again. Um, but I think that there's still a range of things to try that should be very, very helpful. Um, that, um, that may help clear them up completely. You had a question that I didn't answer. Oh, the prune juice. Um, so dried fruit and, you know, prune juice, those are often recommended, especially for young children, uh, to help soften stools. And it's actually because of the, uh, sugar alcohols in them, the polyols. So they're, um, they're, they're actually a FODMAP. Um, and the way those work, um, is basically by drawing more water into the large intestine. It's the same way magnesium supplements work. Um, although it's a different, you know, it's a diff slightly different, it's a completely different chemical, but, um, it, it's a, the same idea is that it draws water into the large intestine. Um, I think that um, given that most of us aren't getting enough dietary magnesium, a magnesium supplement is a lot lower sugar, lower potential for other gastrointestinal side effects to use. Um, but I don't think that, yeah, I don't think that like prune juice is a magical solution, 
But if it works for you, I don't see it as being the most horrible thing in the world either. Definitely, I would put Metamucil on the like list. Um, it can actually worsen blockages. Um, and it also – there's a little bit of science showing that um, psyllium husk can increase cancer growth if cancer is already there. So like I, I put psyllium husk on the quite firmly not paleo side of things. That doesn't mean that once in a while a gluten-free baked good with some psyllium husk in it is a bad idea. Like I think at that level, we're probably talking about something pretty harmless. But I would not put that on the daily part of a diet, nor would I put that on the uh, I will take this supplement that is pure psyllium husk and think that it will solve all of my bowel woes. Yeah, I personally – find that things that are difficult to digest in general. So in this case, insoluble fiber, um, I get the same reaction with flax, for example, which is technically paleo. Um, But when I consume those things, even um, I've noticed sunflower seeds, like I've stopped eating sunflower seed butter because um, I notice I get gas. So I think like we talk a lot about gut health and those are symptoms to really pay attention to. And I, I can't imagine what would happen to my body if I consumed like giant tablespoons of, um, Metamucil and just like stirred it into a cup. Not to mention there's, there can't be, that's the only ingredient they've, they've got to make it. Oh no, it's also palatable like with a food diet. Right? Right. Yeah, no, it's, uh, that's, I mean, that's also concerning to me. So, um, had a very, very bad experience with Metamucil in my mid-20s. I was, don't need bad. the vividness of what's about to come. So let's – how about I'll, I'll say it had the opposite effect <laughs> of the intended effect. And I ended up not having a BM for two weeks and having to spend a night in the emergency room. Not recommended. No, it's so, not my favorite night. Can I completely off the cuff, and I know you haven't done research on this, um, get your opinion on um, – I am just – I'm just going to go for it um, on enemas because I think that on one side of my brain, it makes sense. It's like a water rinse. If you – you know, if you just do like a water rinse, like it would be going in your nose and out your nose when they tell you to like – clear out your nose with the neti pot and so i'm like it's a neti pot for your bowels right but then the other side of me is like oh i don't know your healthy gut friends in there might not be so happy about that um so how do you feel about that for people's health there's I think my answer really depends on what the solution is because there's something like a fleet enema, which is a pretty intense laxative that just goes up the back end instead of the front end. Um, then there's, you know, just water or saline enemas. And then there's like the crazy town coffee enemas. Um, so I think it, it kind of like it really depends on exactly the context here. I think um, there's – I have a very detailed post with all of the scientific studies um, linked in it on coffee enemas. Um, but the summary there is there have been a number of studies showing that coffee enemas um, can cause problems beyond like 
people burning the interior of their intestines by doing it wrong. I mean, that's that's one thing. Um, but even doing it right, um, there are some incidents of the coffee enemas causing colitis, so inflammation of the colon. Um, and there's also a couple of studies that were done comparing, you know, basically checking on the, the claims of, of coffee enemas in terms of detoxification um, and basically shows you're much better off just drinking the coffee, that you actually get more of, you know, the, the helpful substances into your blood by drinking it than you do from doing an enema. Um, so coffee enemas are not supported by the scientific literature at all. Um, I think when you're talking about a fleet enema, um, you know, that's a pretty harsh chemical, but it's not um, it's not systemic like if you were to swallow it. So that's a positive on that side. And I think it's important to understand that severe constipation can be extremely serious um, and it can cause uh, potentially life-threatening problems. So if you're at that level where, you know, you're talking about potentially harmful levels of constipation versus fleet enema, I think you're making a good choice if you do a fleet enema. Um, but if you're a person who sort of chronically deals with constipation and you end up doing a fleet enema once a week to keep things going, then I think you need to take a step back and really look at what's causing that chronic constipation and trying to figure out a, a more sustainable and healthful solution. Um, you know, looking at things like a squatty potty, maybe a magnesium supplement, drinking more, more vegetable matter, uh, having your thyroid checked, um, right? Looking at gut pathologies that are related to constipation, right? There's a, like a whole lot of digging and that's where a functional medicine specialist can be extremely helpful. Um, so, you know, the whoops, I ate a Tootsie roll and I got ridiculously constipated and it was becoming a problem. I took a fleet enema. That's sort of a different story than, um, you know, I, I have in my lifetime known people who are like, oh yeah, that's my Sunday morning. <laughs> like, oh, that's not what I want to do Sunday morning, but fine, that's great. <laughs> so I think there's, there's a really big difference between using it as an intervention in an unusual situation versus using it as a crutch. Um, and I think we've talked about that in a lot of, uh, related contexts on this show in terms of, I mean, I think we even just talked about that recently when we were talking about you know, supplements for nutrient deficiency. It's a little bit different when you're using it. It's not the same thing if you're using it as a crutch, right, to try and make up for a poor diet compared to targeted supplement supplementation after testing. And the same goes for some with something like a fleet. With something like, you know, taking that step backwards to just, um, uh, you know, saline or, or water, um, you know, there are you're not getting high up enough in the large intestine to be wiping out the um, bacterial colonies there. Um, and generally, it's um, it's something that can start things moving. Um, you know, so can a glycerin suppository, which is a, is a very, very safe intervention um, that doesn't, you know, doesn't go particularly high up. It tends to... <laughs> I always think of it as sort of like breaking the dam and then letting everything else that's backed up behind it go through. Um, that sort of assumes that you're doing things like hydrating, maybe a magnesium supplement, all of those things. But um, but those, again, 
I would say, you know, if it's an intervention because something really wonky has happened, um, I think it's a good choice just because of how quickly severe constipation can cause complications. Um, but it shouldn't be used as, as a crutch. It shouldn't be used as a daily, I like to be clean down there. I don't know why people would use it daily. Cool. I mean, <laughs> thank I you for thank you for not volunteering a hypothesis on that one. Right. Well, <laughs> I I just don't have a lot of experience in this, and I hear a lot of people, especially let's say in celebrity culture, talk about how better they feel after their colonics and enemas, and that they do it weekly just to keep things to keep their tummies flat and stuff like that. And I hear that, and I think to myself, like that's that's concerning. That doesn't seem like what nature intended. And that's what we're all striving for is to get to a balance of, you know, what nature intended. But then I think, like I said, in a situation like this, I wonder, like, seems like the benefits would outweigh the risks. If it's definitely water, you know, but if you're doing an enema, because you want a flat tummy, you need to rethink some things. I'm just throwing that out there. That is not a that is not. There's some problems with diet and lifestyle choices if the enema is for flat tummy i mean as you started the show off everybody poops <laughs> and i would say generally pooping is a very pleasant and wonderful experience for people i know it is for myself um and i think that when it's not you need to figure out what's not working right with digestion. Um, you know, and, and the common culprits are right. Not enough, you know, fibrous vegetables in the diet. Um, some kind of nutrient deficiencies, some kind of gut dysbiosis, um, things like not enough sleep can have a big impact on, um, digestion. Things like hormone imbalances can have a big impact on digestion, and, and those are all things that can be um, either worked on by, you know, with sleep. There's lots of simple tricks. Um, I have an online sleep program called Go to Bed that has all of the simple tricks in it um, to improve sleep quality. Um, if it's something like hormone imbalances, that has to be worked through with a functional medicine specialist um, because it requires very careful monitoring and very individualized um, dosing of hormone supplements or um, medications to reduce excess hormones. So that's definitely like, go find a really great doctor if that's, if that's the case. Um, but yeah, I think that when it's, when it's a unusual situation, like what Cindy's going through, I think an intervention to keep things going and then special attention to make sure everything continues going. I think that makes a lot of sense when it's um, borderline lifestyle choice. Um, that's where a rethink needs to happen. Yeah. I think that there are, there are some people, probably some of our listeners who genuinely think that um, a colonic, it helps them feel better. And I think in that case, like if you're, 
I don't know. I I feel like if you feel like you're stopped up, like I would recommend all of the things that we've talked about today. Um, but I know that um, some some people are probably doing it as part of a you know health lifestyle kind of approach. But I do think uh, you know I agree with you, and I hear uh, there there are several celebrities that I follow on Instagram. Not that you know I'm spending. All of my time following celebrities yeah, on sure, Instagram. Yeah, sure. Whatever you have to tell yourself so you can sleep at night. I know. So, but anyway, um, you know, I see them doing a lot of cutting edge health things. And, you know, some of them are like the cryo box. Cryo- cryotherapy. You know, like when they, yeah. it's like the super cold box. I, I forget what it's called. Um, and, and other things that they're doing are talking about these flushes weekly. And so I know it's not exactly you know, what Cindy's asking about, but I thought it would be good to touch on for our listeners who might also see that and are thinking like, oh, I want to be healthy. Like, it's important to think about what that's really doing to your body. And if we have an optimized lifestyle, then the food should be moving through us. And I know that there are like the horror stories out there that, you know, meat sits and rots in your guts, gut for years at a time. But I just, you know, I said all of that paraphernalia, par- paranoia, uh, pandering when I was a vegetarian myself without actually having the facts or information to back it up. And so, you know, if people think that research it, look into it and make sure that, you know, you feel comfortable with what you're researching and how you're approaching a solution. Because when I'm feeling like I'm bloated, um, or whatever, my solution is more vegetables, more broth, more healthy foods that help me feel better. You know, if I eat gluten-free treats or, you know, if I get exposed to something that I didn't intend to eat or anything like that, it's all of the usual recovery foods that we always talk about um, would enable one's gut health to be optimized and one does not need to flush it out, so to speak. Yeah, there's not, there's no compelling reason other than intervention for things gone wrong uh, for uh, enemas. Um, There's not like all of the rationale that you read on websites. It's not backed up by science. Um, And in fact, you know, some of the science that's looked into variations like coffee enemas have shown that they can be potentially extremely harmful. So um, that is not something that I would ever recommend to anyone other than in the, the, you know, situations like what Cindy's going through where, you know, some kind of, you know, one time intervention is required. Awesome. Look at that. I made it through another butch. You did. And I know you were muted for half of the time, just giggling uncomfortably. (laughs) Um, I, I wicked like, Cindy's question. So feel free to reach out to me, Cindy, and <laughs> long distance high fives from if you're not in Massachusetts, I guarantee at some point you were in Massachusetts. Is that <laughs> is that is that it's like the all caps slash like extra letters to draw out a syllable slash punctuation use? That's all. Yeah, I mean, that could be anywhere, but it's the wicked pain it's the like <laughs> wicked as an adjective you're just you're just saying that should be said with like a bostonian accent totally it's like totally. 
I don't. I don't know. When you try. when you read the question, I almost, I I almost you. thought about. I almost thought about. I can't do a Bostonian accent. <laughs> I'm like I'm 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 starting to get relatively good at a Southern accent, which I will not do for our listeners' pleasure now because just not. But uh, no, Bostonian. Bostonian is not. It's not an accent I I have in my in my pocket. All because right. that's how you keep accents. Is your in your pocket. Yes. Yeah. Well, good luck, Cindy. I hope um, at your doctor's appointment that you've actually had by now um, that you got some some good advice. And if you got uh, different advice or expanded upon advice that you'd like to share, feel free to put it in the comments of the podcast and tell us how things are going. Um, because Sarah and I are not, as we remind you, medical uh professionals and we cannot diagnose or treat you. So it's good that you're seeing a professional about that. And I hope that you're feeling better soon for everybody else. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the paleo view. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to rate us on iTunes. You can also support us by shopping for our favorite paleo products on the sidebars of our individual websites or by donating through PayPal. Thanks, babe. No problem. I'm going to mandate that he includes that in the bloopers because it's cute. <laughs> you get the, out, the outgoing chimes as well. <laughs> All right. What did you say? We were... right. Episode 236, also called Hemorrhoid Horror. Oh, my God. Stop. <laughs> oh, I swear you've just like Carissa's trying to find things to make me uncomfortable on purpose. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. We won't actually see anybody next week because it's an <laughs> audio only podcast. It's like 236 times and you still haven't figured that out. <laughs> no, I mean, I had it down for a little while and I would say we were back next week and then I just like reverted back to olden, like not smart Sarah. It's kind of just what happened right there. Olden. O- olden. olden. That's, that's olden. the word olden. that you're going to use. Olden days. Mm-hmm. From like so six months ago. Yep. You're, you're really pushing those big words. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.